You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. I'm so glad you guys chose to be here. It's very humbling. God is amazing. Um, As Amy said, I'm Lynette. Um, I'm married to Doug, and I have a picture of my family. I have, we have four kids, Ben, Brooke, Hannah, Josiah, and we have a grandson who's not in the picture, so I don't know what I was thinking, so I'm always bragging on him, but those are, that's our family. You may know Jeffrey, and you may know Hannah. Jeffrey leads worship here. It's Terry's son, and we're just privileged to have him as part of the family. So um, when Jessica asked me to pray about speaking on prayer, I told her I would definitely pray about it. (laughs) And then I called two friends who are sitting up here and I said, we gotta go to lunch, we gotta pray. (laughs) I don't know if I can do this. So they prayed with me, I shared with them that Jessica had asked me. Jessica said she felt the Holy Spirit prompting her to ask me and I felt just overwhelmed and really um, unqualified. You know, like Anita said, the enemy and that, Satan static, I call it, comes in like, who are you? Yep, Satan static. Get behind me, Satan. I'm a child of the one true king. That's who I am. So that's why I'm here. And I want to tell you, I forgot my glasses. You want to grab some, Wendy? Thank you, just in case. So I agreed and asked the Holy Spirit to show me what he would have me say, thank you. Would you grab my phone, Wendy, out of my purse? Thanks. Actually, would you give my glasses? Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> JK, JK. Actually, these might fall off. So, so let's start with what is prayer? What is prayer? Prayer is basically just talking to God. And it's just conversation like you would with a good friend. You converse with each other, you share with each other, and thank you, friend. See, that's, that's a good friend. <laughs> but I found this, and I love this. Prayer is a conversation. It's not just a conversation. It's exchanging information. Intimate prayer leads to, I can't read that. Let's see what this says. And <laughs> prayer leads to true and personal encounter and relationship. Isn't that good? I'm sorry, I don't know who said it. I just found it and said, oh, that's good. <laughs> so it's there. But I wanted to, to, the first verse that came to my mind when I was praying about prayer, um, the first thought was to, that we need to know God. And the more that we know him, the more we desire to pray and the more we desire to be in his presence. And Isaiah 40, 28 says, do you not know, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. It's unsearchable. He understands us. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. He gets us. He understands us because he created us. Anita put up verses in her talk that were exactly like mine because that's right how the Holy Spirit works. And those are all the verses that came to me and they're gonna come throughout here. But I love that she gave you the references in case I don't have them. 
But his love is incredible. He created us in our mother's womb. And no matter where our lives went from there, we can know that his plans for us are perfect. You know Jeremiah 29, 11, right? I know the plans I have for you. Plans for welfare, to give you a future and a hope. Beautiful, beautiful promises. So prayer is basically talking to God, taking those promises to heart and knowing him intimately. Knowing God um, as a mighty king brings awe and a healthy respect. Knowing God is good leads us to intimacy and fellowship, and we can call him Father. He asks us to call him Abba. And Abba is Aramic for Papa. Ooh, that touched me. I love calling him Papa because he's personal and he's real and he's a good father. I will tell you that um, just a year ago, I was diagnosed with a rare form of T-cell lymphoma. And it was, um, physically, it was very rough. Spiritually, I felt incredibly humble because of who God is, because of his promises, that he will never leave us or forsake us. And I remember spending mornings after chemo just resting. The chemo after several rounds damaged my heart. Um, And they said it was permanent. And I contacted many of you and we prayed. And over the course of time and several amazing events, um, God did healing in my heart. And right, the doctors were like, wow, that should have been permanent. I said, well, you don't know my God. (laughs) So there's power in prayer. And I encourage you guys, I'm doing okay. The, the heart damage cleared up, but I do have swelling um, all throughout, especially my hands, a lot of pain. And um, we're now praying and asking God for healing from that. The radiation caused some issues with my tongue that they thought, again, was cancer. Um, it turns out it's not. They're not sure what it is, but I do have, like, issues from the radiation, some weird, like, drooling, but not terrible. But I will do this every once in a while. My friend said I should have worn a scarf and just, you know. <laughs> so, it's true, true Southern. I didn't need a scarf. But <laughs> I, had, um, I had the privilege of growing up in a very wonderful, healthy Christian home. And I learned prayer from my parents and my brother and my parents would bring us in for devotions and just family time in the evenings and my dad would read to us regularly and I remember when my dad was who was a social worker for the county in California was called to go to seminary to become a pastor and he would travel and be gone a lot and mom couldn't really work during that time so I love this because it really built our faith and I know you guys have stories too because God is good at this He's so good to us. When we were in need of, I remember we needed milk, and this was old days, so Anita, you're not old, I'm old. (laughs) Tell Satan no to that. (laughs) But we literally prayed, you guys, for for milk, because we were out. 
and we had a milkman. <laughs> and he showed up on the porch the next morning with two glass jars of milk. And he knocked, he said, Miss Starlin, do you guys need milk? We have two extra milk for some reason. And we're like, of course, yes, we do. <laughs> so mom would use that opportunity to share Jesus and the gospel and God's provision with the, the milkman. I remember ministering to the mailman. I remember ministering to, you know, whoever God brings in our way and on our path. That's who needs to hear about Jesus. That's who we have the privilege to pray for. Um, even just this morning, during my radiation, the only thing that felt good on my tongue was this certain decaf latte. And they, the girls at um, the baristas, well, not, not just girls, all the baristas know me. So I went through there this morning and they all started hollering, Miss Lynette, Miss Lynette. <laughs> and God has opened up opportunities even at the drive through window, right? Because we can pray for them and we can pray for their hearts. And if they don't know Jesus, God sovereignly places us where he needs us and where he can use us. If we're just seeking him first, we can trust him to open the door of communication, even with a barista who wrote... You got this today, Lynette. God's got this. I know, he's so good. <laughs> but my sweet dad would read to us every night. And who's read the Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah, and The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know, the first book. Well, um, I have a clip because when I was sharing these notes with my daughter, Brooke, she was like, Mom, that reminds me of the clip from Narnia. So uh, it's kind of a little long, but it's the, the, it just gets the point across. Thanks, Jessica. Do you guys remember that? Isn't that great? He, isn't, he may not be safe, but he is good. So my next point is he's good. Romans 8.32 says, that He who did not spare his own son, 
but gave him freely for us all. Um, will he not with all things, I've forgotten the rest of it, but basically that he didn't spare his own son. I mean, that's how much he loves us, that he allowed his own son to die on our place, like Amy talked about. Took our place on the cross, took our sins, so that we can, in the next point, come boldly before the throne room. Because um, he desires communion. And he invites us to pray. Um, Hebrews 4.16. And the... Um, Passion Translation. Let's see if I wrote this right. It's so good. Because it talks about how he invites us to come boldly before the throne room, which is prayer. By the way, Jeremy just did an awesome, awesome series on prayer called Before the Throne Room. But he invites us to come boldly before the throne room. He wants us to ask. He finds joy in giving us good things and he promises to give us everything that we need for life and godliness. God desires communion. He invites us to pray. He delights in us. And we can delight in him. He sings over us. Sisters, he loves us. His love for us is unconditional. It is everlasting. And he is trustworthy. And that's huge because he is trustworthy, we, we can call him Abba. He's a good father. As Anita said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made in his, glory, his image, and it is for his glory, and it is a privilege to come to him. Um, we know that we, we also can surrender to him all our, our lives and all our plans and all that he has for us is better than anything we could imagine. In fact, he does exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could ever hope or imagine. Um, my health actually started going downhill probably 15 years ago um, with some issues that required different doctors and different doctors sent me to different surgeons. I had vascular surgeons and I wear compression hose pretty regularly. And then that led to other issues, which then they thought I had had a heart attack. So they sent me to a cardiologist. And about halfway through these, I think that was probably five years of different doctors and surgeons, that was when the Holy Spirit went, you know, this is my plan for you. And in college, you surrendered to whatever I have because you trust me. So do you trust me in this? And that was when I began to see, oh my word, every new doctor, every new secretary, every new nurse, every new, you know, whatever's in your life is a new opportunity to shine, to share Jesus, to smile, to whatever the Holy Spirit lays on your heart, share it. If the Spirit's prompting you, share it. You never know what it's going to do. I remember um, thinking, oh my goodness, I have a new surgeon, I have a new internal medicine doctor, and I began to pray differently, like, Holy Spirit, go before me. I don't want to be sick, but if you can use it for your glory, praise God. And so I went in praying, and it was like a new medical ministry, and perspective um, uh, just really helped me in the future because he had other things for me. <laughs> By his grace, I began to pray and expect him. To, to open doors and do big things. And all of that prepared me for um, 
I don't remember the year at the moment, but when our youngest son, Josiah, was 14, he got sick, and I came home from, um, I was working at a flower shop, and we were doing five weddings that weekend, so we were working really late, and I came home, and he had been sick and in the bed most of the day, and I said, if you're still in bed, when I come home tomorrow, I'm taking you to the, like, doctor's care, so... He was still sick when I came home, and it was 7 p.m., so I looked. We're going to the doctor's care, and he said, I don't really want to get up. I'm too tired. I said, oh, that's why we're going to the doctor's. (laughs) Get up. (laughs) So we went, and all of it, just like I said, is God's sovereign plan. I'm praying. The doctor there had never been there before. He actually usually works on Pelham, and after he did all his little work, he said, I'm going to do blood work, which I've never seen them do at a little doctor's care. And he came back and he said, his white blood count's pretty high. I really think you should go to the ER and have them do another one because I don't work in this facility and we're closing and it may be that our machine is off. And the Holy Spirit said, leukemia. And I said, okay, well, you have done so much in my own life that I need to surrender my own children and trust that your ways are higher than mine and that you've got their life and their journey just like mine. So I surrendered it to him and on the way there I began to pray differently because he'd already done it. And I said, Lord, somebody needs Jesus. Somebody needs to hear the gospel. Somebody you know, needs us. And I need you to use us for your glory. But in the meantime, please help it not to be leukemia. (laughs) But we got there and they did tons of tests. And by the time the ER doctor walked in, the Holy Spirit had already prompted me. And when she walked in, I just knew she was part of whatever he was doing. And I looked at her name tag and I pronounced her name. Oh, doctor, you know, blah, blah, blah. She said, oh, my word. No one's ever gotten my name right. I said, I have friends in California with the same name. She said, I don't know anybody with that name. And like the Lord used that to open the door of opportunity and we talked more. And then she did an x-ray and she sent us upstairs and we went through all the difficulties and prayers and tears and praise and worship and friends praying that it wasn't leukemia. But they came in and they said, "Um, it is leukemia. And even though the tears were pouring down my cheeks, I felt the power of God holding me up and the power of everybody praying was phenomenal. And the peace of God that passes all, you know, comprehension came over me. And I was able to receive that and know that God's bigger than that. So they turned and they walked out and Josiah was on the gurney and they began to push him and he looked up at me and he said, huh. I said, what's going on, bud? He's, you know, in the little gurney. He said, I know what that is. I said, what is it? He said, that's cancer. I said, yes, it is. And he covered his head with the sheets. He's 14, you know. We're rolling out and I'm just praying, God, you're bigger than this. You're bigger than this. You love him more than I do. Our children are not our own. We offer them to you as living sacrifices. We offer ourselves living sacrifices. And Josiah, after a few minutes, pulled his covers down. He said, 
well, I guess God's got this. God's got this. Yes, he does, son. He's gonna do big things. So don't underestimate the power of prayer. Lay everything before him. He hears you. And I have so many other stories. I don't, I won't tell you them right now, but God's good. He's bigger than this. Josiah is okay, by the way. He went through three and a half years of treatment. It was very difficult. I have more stories. But I don't have enough tissue, so I may not be telling them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yay. <laughs> Thank you, Erica. We got warrior tears. You need one too? <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> oh, I did put mascara on today for the first time since chemo, so I out. I think I have 10 eyelashes. <laughs> and I hate to wipe that off. But I'll come back to his story because it's phenomenal. But you guys, um, how do we pray? How do we pray? Well, it's just talking to God. It is not formal. It is a humble heart. Um, again, Jeremy did an awesome series on this. And, um, you know, the um, Lord's Prayer is a perfect example. Our Father who art in heaven, of course, I learned it in King James from the old days. <laughs> but it's still good. <laughs> uh, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, you guys know this one. <sighs> Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forget our, forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It covers everything in, in how to pray. You can use that as a little formula, but it's not to be formal. In fact, the beginning is my favorite. We, we call him father and he is good and a good father wants you to come ask and he will not withhold any good thing from us, he says. So then the next part is hallowed be thy name, which means holy. It's just worship him. Just thank him, praise him for the gift of his son, for salvation, for all the things that he has done and will do in your life. He's a faithful God. And then Psalm 63, um, I learned in college, and I absolutely love it. So praise and worship is next. Psalm 63 says, oh God, you are my God. Well, I learned it the old way. <laughs> oh God, thou art my God. I shall seek thee earnestly. My soul thirsts for thee. <sighs> my flesh yearns for thee. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I have beheld thee in thy sanctuary to see thy power and thy glory. My lips shall praise thee, so I will bless thee as long as I live. I will lift up my hands to, to your name. Um, it goes on. My soul will be satisfied. I learned it as with moral and fatness, but I think it means like really good stuff. <laughs> so my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Uh, so praise him. If you don't know how to pray or what to pray, which happens a lot, right guys? Just praise him. And he will lead you and he will remind you of who he is and that he's got this. Um, also, another thing I learned in college is called acts, which you guys probably have heard of. Acts is adoration, which is praise. And confession, 
just confess when the Lord, when the Spirit brings things to mind. If you remember a sin, like that verse, you know, if you come to me, remember sin, go make it right. Confess it to the Father. Um, and then thanksgiving. And then supplication, which is praying for others. And I love that. We get our focus back on who God is. And then we confess our own sins and we praise him. And then we pray for ourselves and others. Supplication. And he desires fellowship with you. He delights in you in answering your prayers and providing Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. And when it says pray about everything, I took that literally, I think, in college and carried me through to today and I pray over everything. Victoria can giggle because she knows I pray for parking places. Lord, where do you want me to park? Because... You never know what he's working and where he's working, right? What, what do you want me to wear? You alone know the weather. You know me. You know my hot flashes. You know whatever it is. And show me what to wear. Show me where. I, the other day I said, show me where to park. And I'm looking for, and there's opens up. I said, okay, I trust you that this is the parking place you want for me for whatever reason. And when I get out, another woman gets out. And we walk in the store together and chit-chat. We walk back out together and chit chat and then the Holy Spirit shows me something makes me aware of something and I'm praying and I say whatever it is he she says oh my word I literally just lost my son two months ago so I let her share with me right there and the Holy Spirit prompted me to pray with her right there in the parking lot and I've I left blessed like look at you God only you knew where it was to park. And you, of course, his timing is perfect. You know, when we're late or when our kids interrupt us or things happen. Um, I, remember, I remember reminding myself that children are a gift from the Lord and I didn't always treat them like a gift. So to remind myself, you're a gift. Thank you, Jesus. So this, <laughs> this is not an interruption. It's an opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, I think my kids are what really learned, taught me how to pray. <laughs> Having four under the age of five was a little tricky. <laughs> but I learned to pray. Um, and then, of course, it, that verse says, and don't forget to thank him for his answer. So gratitude is, is huge. Thanking God again. And then how do we hear from God? The first thing that came for me as I prayed about that, how do we hear from God, is... Um, we just seek his face. We just pray and we sit and spend time in his presence um, and, and in his word, which I'll get to. But it's encountering God because in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there's treasures forever. So spend time um, going back to Josiah and our oldest son, I think, had graduated, and there's so many stories, but the one that the Lord brought to my mind was Brooke, and this was just a few weeks, I think, into, actually, okay, back up four days into his treatment, um, she sent me home to sleep, because I wasn't sleeping well in the hospital, and she stayed with him, and the next morning after a good night's sleep, I just wept, you know, that hard, hard weeping, especially for your child. And 
um, just felt the spirit. I just fell on, I literally fell on my knees and just asked the Lord to heal him. The next day they were putting in the port that goes straight to his heart. And there's just so many possibilities of problems. And then they're starting all the chemo, which were horrible. And it was three and a half years. It just felt like forever. And I said, Lord, I just really don't want to do this. And the only way I could pray though, in that deep weeping was take this cup from me, which is what Jesus said on the cross. And I thought, you know, we do want to be molded into Jesus' image. And if this is what it takes for me, then I receive that. But could you remove this cup from my son? (laughs) Could he not go through it? Um, And then at the end, just feeling this peace and saying, but your will be done. You know, again, his ways are higher than ours. And his plans for us are perfect. So I surrendered it and went to the hospital. And I felt like he was doing this all for his glory. And I said, okay, if this journey is for your glory, I'm all in. And I got to the hospital and Brooke said, mom, you won't believe it. You left your iPad and there was devotions. And I read them to Josiah. And it's the story of Lazarus. And the verse popped out. And she said, and I'm getting a tattoo. And I said, what is the verse? (laughs) And she said, it is. And it's illness does not lead unto death but that the Son of God be glorified in it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Do do your work, do your will. Well, then months or so later, we, Doug took Brooke, who had graduated from high school to Pennsylvania to do a a gap year program. And it was hard because they're close. It was hard for her to leave Josiah in treatments. But he had gone home from the hospital and seemed to be doing well. So Doug bought me a little plane ticket and I left Josiah home with a friend who's an oncology nurse for adults and felt comfortable and left and prayed and we dropped Brooke off. We had sweet fellowship and I went back to the hotel to grab my things to go get on the plane. Well, going there is a big plane and then a little prop plane. Have you guys been on a prop plane? Aren't they the loudest things ever? They were so loud. So I was on there with two other people. You know, you're trying to talk. It's like, hey, <laughs> hi. <laughs> so, yeah, never mind. <laughs> we'll just wave. So I got my suitcase to get back on that little prop plane. And right before I left, I, got, I received a text that I was not supposed to get. And it was a group of my friends asking the rest of the group to pray for Josiah. He had gotten sick. And it was so hard to leave him home to go to Pennsylvania, but I knew I needed to. I needed to, when I'd asked the Lord to help me love on my other three kids well while still caring for Josiah. And I felt like this was what I was supposed to do, but it said, Josiah's very sick. He's been taken to the hospital. We don't know what's going on, but it's not good. Please pray for Lynette. She doesn't know. And I text back, I do. (laughs) Thank you very much. They're like, oh my word, you weren't supposed to be in the thread. And I said, but God knew I needed to pray. And my heart broke because I just felt so far away. And I got on that little prop plane and God provides you guys everything we need for life and godliness. And I needed to cry. And he provided a little plane that was so loud. I was right behind the pilot. Nobody could see me cry. And it was an ugly cry. I just wept so hard. And by the end of that little plane, I was 
feeling that peace again, that peace that passes understanding. I got on the big plane and I had a window seat and we took off and as the plane turned, best thing ever, God is so good. I felt the warmth of the sun coming in the plane and it felt like a hug. It was just so warm, it was so cozy and it was so personal. I was like, thank you, Papa. Thank you. Whether I'm here or there, you are the one that's taking care of Josiah. You are sovereign. You've got us. You've got our kids. You've got our parents. You've got our loved ones. And your ways are perfect. And I felt just so thankful that God was the one taking care of him. And I got to the ICU, or I got to the the hospital. He was put in the ICU, and I didn't know that, and I'm glad. But it was not good. He would not look good. And I remember laying down on the cot to try to sleep and my heart was still so full of praise (laughs) that the nurse walked in and I'm thinking, I'm in the ICU, this is horrible. I should not be smiling. (laughs) And she walks in and looks at me and I turn my head. (laughs) Don't let her see that. The joy of the Lord is our strength. His presence, in his presence is fullness of joy in spite of our circumstances. So, praise God. That, that's my, well, I won't say it's my last story of Josiah, because maybe more, but he is just faithful. And so, time in God's word is the next thing as far as how we can hear him. Spend time in his word, spend time in the Psalms, praise him. Um, The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts through bone and marrow. It can penetrate right where we need it. Pray according to scripture and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He also says, my sheep hear my voice, knowing that he's a loving, loving shepherd, that he guides us and directs us. And then we can listen for his still small voice. He will not withhold his will from us. Know his promises and claim them. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things you do not know. I love that one. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 says, For this reason I bow my knee before the Father. And he, Paul prays that they would comprehend the depth and width and length of the love of God, which we can pray for one another because that's a beautiful thing. And in the end, he says, God, do exceedingly abundantly what we ask or think. And that's, that's what I leave you with. Remember, oh, there is a quote I do want to share with you. It's a C.S. Lewis quote. Um, it's long and I may not be able to read it, but it's good if you guys want to take a screenshot. I think I, I think I put it in there. If not, I think it's on my phone. Let's see, guys. But it goes so well with Jessica, what she was sharing. I read this in Tim Keller's book on prayer. C.S. Lewis argues that it takes a community of people to get to know an individual person. Reflecting on his own friendships, he observes that some aspects of of one of his friend's personality was brought out only through the interaction with a second friend. And that meant he lost the second friend, he lost part of the first friend when he otherwise was invisible. I'm sorry, I probably read that wrong. But basically, it's we need each other. 
He says, by myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than mine to show all the facets. If it takes a community to know an ordinary human being, how much more necessary would it be to get to know Jesus alongside others? By praying with friends, you will be able to hear and see facets of Jesus that you have not yet perceived. Isn't that good? We need each other, you guys. So pursue Papa in prayer. He loves us. And then I'm supposed to open it up in case we have questions. If you guys have any questions, I think they might be have question cards or comment cards. I'm not sure. Okay, good. So feel free to write down, but don't make them hard. <laughs> no more crying. <laughs> okay, three questions. Jessica, do we wait for the cards or do you want them to call out because of time or what you think? Okay, awesome. Well, Kirsten, would you come up? I'm gonna hand out a couple gifts, little prizes. Um, let's see, who should we give them to? Is there anyone who's a fairly new Christian? <gasps> okay, there you go. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. Congratulations. We have another one? Oh, there we go. Perfect. Yay, God. Yay, God. All right, let's pray real quick and we will, we will be dismissed. Uh, Heavenly Father, precious Savior, you are our Redeemer and our friend. You're our mighty God, our everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. You alone are our rock and our joy and our song. Mm. You are our strong tower. You love us with an everlasting love. You formed each and every one of us in our mother's womb. Before the beginning of time, you planned us to be here and now, right now. And Lord, you've given us this precious opportunity to pray, to come boldly before your throne room because of what Jesus did on the cross. So we come to you and we ask you this day that we would treasure the privilege of prayer because you are our Abba, our Father, our Papa who loves us with an everlasting love. In Jesus' name, amen.